You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on a Friday. Happy Friday to you all. Congratulations. We've got a doozy. We've got a weekend coming up here. Where by the end of it, Eric Bieniemy might be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Heck, it could, the, that news could come out any minute. We might not even not, might not even need the weekend. Commanders fans, everybody at the same time, ready? Cross your fingers, cross your toes, grab your lucky rabbit's foot, your lucky horseshoe, go looking for a four-leaf clover. Because if Eric Bieniemy ends up the offensive coordinator of Washington, better thank your lucky stars. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler here on the uh, production side of things, and here's here's how I think of Eric Bieniemy possibly being the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator, which by the way, they're into their almost third day of interviews. Just to give you the timeline, a little background here, um, Eric Bieniemy obviously was on the coaching staff for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. He was their offensive coordinator. So on Wednesday... About midday, he was at the Super Bowl parade. I'm assuming he was one of the few people at that parade that wasn't overly indulging themselves in adult beverages because uh, pretty much as soon as it was done, he flew to Washington and uh, had dinner with the front office, with Ron Rivera, with the Washington Commanders. Uh, They ended after dinner, came back the next day, interviewed all day, dinner ended that night came back today interviewing once again and it's still ongoing you want to know how closely this is being watched i know i know because it was reported that uh he's dressed more casually today than he had been the first two days first two days we're talking jacket nice shoes now nice slacks button down no jacket comfy shoes that's how closely this thing is being watched he said day three of this I'm I'm not I'm not getting dressed up. Not as much. Eric Bienname Bienname. Whoa. Eric Bienname. I'm gonna have to learn how to say his name if he ends up the, the offensive coordinator of the, the commanders. Eric Bienname doesn't take this job. A coach with his resume doesn't take this job unless Washington gets extremely lucky. He was the offensive coordinator of the best offense in the NFL this season. He is fresh off of three Super Bowl appearances in four years and two Super Bowl wins as the offensive coordinator. He comes from a coaching tree that has a ton of success. Even if you like, oh, Matt Nagy. Well, Matt Nagy was a double doink away from the conference championship game. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Those are the two guys that had his position before him. This type of coach does not take the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator position. And he's highly thought of or highly talked about, at least publicly, by everyone in that building. Mahomes praises him. Reed praises him. Here's Sky Moore, their rookie wide receiver, who uh, uh, just caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Man, that's my dog. I, that was my uh, 
I just had an exit meeting with him. I think was it a couple yeah a couple of days ago. He was my last one. I was in there for like an hour and a half. That coach Coach Eb man, he's he's a big reason of why we do what we do over here. He's, he just sets the he kind of like sets the culture over here, and and it doesn't it doesn't get talked about enough. I feel like so I feel like he he definitely deserves a head coaching spot. I, when it will come, I don't know, but it definitely should be on the way for sure. Everything about this guy's resume says probably should have been a head coach a couple years ago. The commanders. Let's look at the the job now, right? What offensive coordinator job would make him leave the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator job? Well, the commanders don't have an established quarterback, which is what most coordinators look for. They're not a returning playoff team. It's not like... Uh, you know, their their offensive coordinator got poached and went somewhere else and, and is a head coach now, and you're looking to step into a place that has everything cranking. Coach doesn't have great job security, meaning the head coach. So what is making Washington this little charm team that got two and a half days of interviewing with this guy? The enemy wants to get out of Reed's shadow. Like, that is fortune that that is luck that is uh being opportunistic that's all that is right Bienemy wants to get out from Andy Reid's shadow because that appears to be the thing that is holding him back from being a head coaching candidate serious one because he's interviewed a bunch of times so if you're Washington don't don't argue with it right don't don't get mad at it if you're Washington don't try to explain it to yourself because it doesn't add up wait a second all right what is he doing here why is he leading us on? What's, why would this guy with all of these traits and what, all of this accomplishment want to come to us with all of these flaws? What's going on here? Don't do that. That just makes your brain hurt. Sit there and go, hey, this may be outside of our control, but if we can benefit from it, let's do that. Right? If we can bring in a guy that, that's, that's been around that that has the super bowl glow that has the super bowl after effects let's do it let's bring it in he wants an opportunity to show what he can do out on his own we can be the group that gives him out on his own defensive head coach so the offense will be seen a hundred percent as his right think about that also right there's there's a couple other offensive coordinator positions open think carolina think uh indy right but guess what? Those are offensive-minded head coaches. So he could go there, and guess where the credit might go again? To the head coach. He wants to go somewhere with a defensive head coach. Because then the offense, if it plays well, and here's the best part about Washington, plays mediocre, then, then he gets all the credit. If Sam Howell goes out there and looks competent, then he gets to be the guy that can develop a young quarterback. That's lovely for him. That is lovely for him. Adam in Norfolk has a take on the Biennemi possible hiring. The interview still ongoing. Uh, by the way, you can call in as well. Do you think Biennemi would be a good hire, bad hire, confusing? Do you have questions, comments, concerns on why Biennemi is even considering Washington? We want to hear them. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. That's the call in line. That's also the Dream Launch text line, 757 687 Nine four nine four. Adam, thanks for calling in. What's your take on Biennemi? Yeah, hey, hello, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a very passionate uh, Redskins slash Commanders fan, and to me, this is 
some of the greatest news that I think we've heard probably the past 10 years because he's just a proven commodity. Bringing him on to our, on, onto our team will be so excellent. Um, for one, I mean, what he's going to do to our offense immediately. And for another is, I don't think everybody is like really on to Ron Rivera. So this guy will probably replace him hopefully within a year or two. And then he's going to get what he's coming there for. So, I think it's great. I can't wait for it to happen. I'm just watching my headlines saying, please, please, please sign him because it, 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 it's going to be perfect. Uh, great Thank call. God. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, call in line 757-687-9494. Uh, the caller there, Adam, did reference something. If you are just looking for uh, tangible reasons, meaning not like he just would take you know any any train out of town of Kansas City, if you're looking for a reason why Washington would be attractive, there's a few. Uh, one, the skill positions are talent, talented, right? You look and you have McLaurin and you have John Dodson and you have some talented running backs. And like, it, I get that. I would, would lean to say all of that is nice, but if you don't have the quarterback, it's just kind of, you know, having a great car with no gas in it. But, but that's one. The other would be, and this would be diabolical, right? This would be, he, he's, a little bit, you know, maybe hardened like a crab apple against the business, and he just wants to be ruthless on his way to becoming a head coach. If you're looking at Ron Rivera, you might say, hey, guess what? Washington's going to need an interim head coach here shortly, and if I can get six games at the end of a season to be an interim head coach and prove my worth, that might help. So as far as him replacing Rivera, I don't know if it just happens like straight up, right? I don't know if it's just, hey, we want you to replace him, but if there is a mid mid season move on point, and they do go to an interim, the enemy would make a lot of sense. And then you know, if you turn the team around, if you have a successful little stretch as the interim head coach, then you become a much more plausible uh, candidate to to remain the head coach. And we saw that with you know, like Steve Wilkes got his name in the mix. Jeff Saturday didn't even do a good job, but but was seen to be in the mix for the the permanent job. So. Uh, interims do tend to have the opportunity to to stick around if at all if at all possible. Uh, again, the call in number seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. That's seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. We want to hear from you on the call in line. We also want to hear from you on the text line. We're seeing both kind of fill up here. Um, we have someone coming in on the call line. There's a late note. Who is it going to be? Just say it into the microphone. All right, guys. Come on now. Eric. There we go. Eric came through on the, the, the little notes here. Uh, we'll go Eric in Suffolk on the call in line. 757-687-9494. Eric, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say? I think that somewhere along the line, this is the perfect setup to usher Ron Rivera out. Um, putting the enemy there now. Uh, gives Washington, give the commanders a lot more flexibility in the future. Uh, it seems like Ron Rivera is almost out the door anyway. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Um, the the we just did kind of talk about that a little bit here. Uh, the only thing that that would thwart that, if if we're arguing both sides of the, of this discussion, would be the ownership change, right? If if a new owner comes in, they're going to want their guy because that seems to be the way everything works, right? New coaches want new quarterbacks. New GMs want new coaches. New owners want new everything. Um, Bienemy might still be seen as an old, like the old regime's guy. Uh, but if they want Bienemy, then then obviously that would be 
100% in the mix. We'll keep those call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. More discussion on Enemy still interviewing with the Washington Commanders. Coming up next. You're listening to the Tim Donnelly Show, where it's okay to yell and scream at each other as long as you get a drink after. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. We're continuing the discussion about Eric Bieniemy, possibly by the end of today even, or the end of the weekend, being the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Uh, he's been interviewing with the Commanders since Wednesday evening. Uh, we're now on Friday at 3.20, and then they're still reportedly going back and forth. Uh, the reports are today was all about staff building and contract. So I, I guess they they did the the, the I don't know, all the bigger picture stuff up to this point. And then today they're talking about who would you want on your staff and also how much you need to get paid. <laughs> Got to get to the dollars and the cents of it all. Chris in Gloucester's on the call in line. He has some thoughts on Biennemi possibly joining the commanders. 757-687-9494 is the call in line. Chris, thanks for calling in. What do you have? And I'm all for that because uh, if you go back to um, having Ron Rivera as the head coach, uh, he's, he made too many plays last year, too many calls, uh, fourth and ones, goal line calls, and they just weren't a good offensive. It just wasn't a good offensive play. You get somebody in there that's got the mindset like every enemy does, man, no telling what the Redskins are going to do. And by the way, Carson Wentz, why did they keep playing him? I don't think a good offensive coach – is he going to let that happen? That's my take on it. Thank you very much for the call. And and let's dive into the Carson Wentz of it all. Isn't that always fun? Bring bring back that old chestnut. Uh, by the way, that call-in number is 757-687-9494. There's actually some reports out there. Now you get into the rumors that he said, she says of it all, um, that Scott Turner didn't want Carson Wentz. We're talking about going all the way back to when they, they traded for him. Which, I, I mean, I guess would be a feather in the cap of Scott Turner, the now-fired offensive coordinator. But one thing enemy brings is probably a little bit more, we're going to listen to that guy, right? Scott Turner, like, let's say that the rumors are true, and they said, hey, we're thinking about bringing in Carson Wentz, and Scott Turner said, I don't think that's a good idea. They obviously looked at him and said, we didn't ask what you think, we're bringing him in. Make it work. If enemy's there, right, if he goes like, hey, uh, I don't think we should bring in Carson Wentz or I don't think we should bring in the next quarterback that they're interested in. They might say, well, we didn't ask you what you think. And he'd say, interesting. Cause I have these two Super Bowl rings that say you should listen to me. Right. I have, I have this relationship with Patrick Mahomes that says I might know what I'm looking at. Right. They, it, there is some respect that comes with accomplishment that he has. So maybe it would be a bit more of a like, Hey, the offense has a, a voice in the, the decision-making room. We have a defensive-minded head coach. We need somebody that can get up there and, and you know fight for the offense a little bit. Maybe maybe that is a role he could play. Uh, let's go to the text line, which is open also, so you can call in or text in. It's the same number, 757-687-9494. Robbie, give us one. From the 757, let's not forget EB was the running backs coach in Minnesota with Adrian Peterson and the running backs coach in KC with Jamal Charles. Thinks those guys had pretty good careers. Nah, did they? Jamal Charles is one of the most underrated running backs of all time. 
He had a five-year span where I think it was 1,300 yards rushing every single year while averaging five and a half yards per carry. Um, I'll go back to the the AP, though. Uh, Adrian Peterson, that is. A-D-A-P, whatever your, your nickname is for him. Adrian Peterson. Um, I have somebody I know pretty well that was in a training camp with the Vikings when when AP was there and Biennemi was their, their running backs coach. And the thing that stood out to him about Eric Biennemi, right, because obviously I'm, I'm going to him right now saying, hey, you were there when Biennemi was there, right? What was he like? What, what was he like as an assistant? What was his vibe? Apparently, Biennemi has no problem calling out even one of the best running backs of all time. That guy would get in Adrian Peterson's face, hold him accountable, right? If he if he did something that Biennemi didn't like, it was not like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Peterson. Would you be partial to me giving you a bit of advice on how to handle that situation if it were to arise in the future? It was stuff we can't say on radio to Adrian Peterson, which, I mean, Adrian Peterson's a big dude, right? He's He's about as physically imposing of a, of a football player, especially pads and everything, elbow pads, like the guy was massive. Uh, so that that's, you know, as long as you've earned the respect of the team, it's great to be able to hold them accountable in that way, right? Because the, the other is you haven't earned the respect yet and now you're just yelling at someone that's, they're getting mad at you. So the fact that he was able to be demonstrative with Adrian Peterson and Adrian Peterson responded, that probably bodes well for his ability to be like a leader of an offense, an offensive coordinator, which makes sense. He's a you know two-time Super Bowl champion offensive coordinator. Uh, let's jump ahead real quickly here. We'll be coming back to that enemy news throughout the show simply because uh, we're waiting for them to come out and say it's a done deal, signed on the dotted line. Um, and by the way, his contract expired with the Chiefs. So they don't they don't have to trade for him. He doesn't have to you know break a contract or anything like that. He can sign whenever they agree on the final details in Washington. Uh, coming up this weekend, ready? The XFL is back. Yeah, that's that's sometimes that's the amount of excitement. But the XFL is back, and they're trying to fill this part of the calendar with mostly like the rock and energy. That's that's what they're trying to do at this point in time. Here's a, a little trailer uh, from the XFL. The journey is different for everybody. The 54th player is the player who didn't make the roster. Players just like me. Number 54. And that's what the XFL is all about. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Well, the X in the XFL for me means another opportunity. I was struggling to just make a dollar and it's paying off my bills. I see humility, but I also see the desire to prove something. Please welcome owner and chairwoman of the XFL, Ms. Danny Garcia. XFL. Did that get you jacked up? I mean, here's here's the reports that I've heard. The reports are out there that the XFL is trying to be self-sustaining and fill this this part of the calendar, late winter into spring, with with football, and they want to be their own thing. The USFL, which I've seen way more advertisements for, is trying to become a developmental league for the NFL. Their goal is to one day be like the minors. And they want to have a relationship with the NFL. The XFL does not want to, to have that relationship, is what I've heard. Again, just rumors. But make no mistake about it. The coolest thing to do when watching these secondary leagues, XFL included, is scout for potential NFL talent. P.J. Walker was the star of the XFL the last time it was played, and he was starting games at quarterback for the Panthers shortly after. That's pretty cool. 
You look at the XFL, some of the names you'll recognize. Josh Gordon, Vic Beasley, Martavis Bryant, A.J. McCarron, Ben DiNucci for my JMU fans out there. So so here is uh, what you have to do, okay? A, if you really want to be invested, at least at first, you're probably going to have to put a little uh, put a little money down. If you, you can responsibly gamble, you have a little bit of expendable income, you want to buy some fun coupons, uh, pick a team, put a little money on them, and it will it will aid in your rooting process. Um, the other thing you can do is just pick a favorite team, and it just kind of has to be a pick. Okay, you're not going to have the deep seated. My grandfather was a fan of, so my father was a fan of, so I am a fan of. Like that's not going to happen. The teams are the Arlington Renegades, the DC Defenders, the Houston Roughnecks, Orlando Guardians, San Antonio Brahmas. What's a Brahma? B R A H. It's a bull. Okay. Yeah. Brahma, uh, Seattle Sea Dragons, which seems to me like they're just trying to be the the Kraken, like off-brand. St. Louis Battlehawks and the Vegas Vipers. Those are the eight teams. Most of them have at least a quarterback that you you might recognize. Um, And and that would be, if you're going to pick a winner, that would be the best way I would think to do it. Um, So pick a team. I'm I'm partial to the Houston Roughnecks just because last time I I decided I liked their hats. Uh, They have a cool logo. Uh, But also they had P.J. Walker. They had uh, Ford, the old Virginia Tech uh, uh, wide receiver, and they kind of lit it up. So you can go with them. I don't know. Maybe you have an aunt that lives in St. Louis. There's a lot of different ways to pick. I'm just saying the easiest way to become invested in a league is not just to watch a game and think you're going to be like locked in and entertained. It's to pick a team and root for them for some reason. and scout players for potential NFL futures. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. Eric Bieniemy still interviewing with Washington. The news of the day started Wednesday early evening with dinner, and we're now on Friday almost to early evening once again, uh, and he is reportedly still interviewing, still in the facility with Washington. We'll go to the text line for some reactions. 757-687-9494. Not only is that the text line, that's also the call-in line. 757-687-9494. Robbie, what do you got? From the 757 hiring, Eric. This guy's on a first-name basis with we call uh, him. We call him E-B. E-Money when, when we're around him, you know, normal. Would be awesome. He could also have input on drafting a potential franchise quarterback. Could take over when Ron retires or is fired. I like the idea of bringing in someone you trust to aid in the quarterback identifying process. Now, the reports we heard earlier in this offensive coordinator search were that the the coordinators were being told to prepare for Sam Howell to be the number one. So that that would go against that idea, right? Um, I do I do like the idea, though, of bringing in somebody that was not involved in the last couple of years of, of quarterback identifying for the commanders to spearhead a search if they are searching, right? If they aren't as locked into Sam Howell as it, it appears they are, maybe you bring, bring in Biennemi and you almost give them a budget, right? Here's how much money we can spend. Here's how much draft capital we can commit to it. Here's the players we'd be open to trading. What can you do with that? And then let him spearhead it almost like a – you know, a team leader on a project at a business. Uh, that that would be interesting to me. But again, if he's told you're coming in here to call plays for Sam Howe, that would go against all of that. Give us one more. For the 757, it's a no-brainer. The commander should snatch him up and not let him leave the facility. I, I agree that's usually the best way to handle these. 
is quite literally not let like obviously you can't bar the door or do any like you know hold him against his will but i always kind of kind of believe that if they leave and go to another team your chances go from like very good to very poor of actually signing that player it like let's say the cardinals or something are interested in his services or the the panthers or the colts if he leaves washington and hops on a plane to go to one of those cities i would go from optimistic i'm pretty optimistic right now that it's going to work in washington to very, very, very pessimistic as soon as he gets, you know, touches down in one of those other cities. So there is something to be said for that. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. Sometimes it's like, you know, I've offered you more money than any coordinator's ever gotten, and you still said no. It's like, all right, well, then they just want to leave, and you never were in the running in the first place. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We try to make you some money. That's right, you, some money. Coming up next on Virginia is for covers. Here in the Commonwealth, we love long walks on the beach, candlelit dinners, and making piles and piles of cash. It's Virginia is for covers on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hold up. That's right. You've heard of Virginia's for Lovers. It's a slogan. I was a little late. I didn't hear it yet. We were talking. It's time for Virginia's for Covers, though. And it, this is a weekend of very little sports action. This is a weekend where uh, the NBA has to be dumb. The first weekend without football, you're throwing a, a, a all-star game out. This weekend, you should have... Uh, like like Lakers against Golden State on Saturday or Friday night. You should have Luka against Jason Tatum on Saturday night. And then you should have uh, wherever Kyrie is, although that's where Luka is also. Back-to-back, back, just run them all back. Like you should have the biggest games this weekend. Instead, we get a dunk contest with Mac McClung. Uh, but with that being said, we still have to come up with some bets for you for Virginia is for covers. I'll get it started. What if I told you there was an event taking place this weekend that's going to be played for the sixth time ever. And the previous five, one of the squads is 5-0. and Would that be something you might be interested in? Well, Team LeBron, money line over Team Giannis, has never lost. Starting five years ago, this is the sixth year, they've been doing the draft rather than the... the uh, the East versus West in the All-Star game. Every year, LeBron has been one of the captains. Every single year. And every single year, Team LeBron has won. Think about that. It's 5-0. and oh. The guy's competitive. So I think he goes to 6-0. and oh. Give me Team LeBron, money line over Team Giannis. I like it. I like it. And like you said, it's hard to bet against LeBron in the All-Star game, especially with everything going on. And who knows if Giannis is even going to be available to play. Heck, who knows if LeBron's going to be available to play? Well, I guess we'll find out this weekend. I'm going to stick in the NHL for my first couple of picks. My first one, though, the hottest team in the NHL right now is the New York Rangers. They are the underdog tonight against the Oilers. So give me New York Rangers on the money line tonight against the Oilers. Again, they've been on fire since January 1st, and I, I expect them to keep that up tonight. 
Next up for me, we're going XFL. You, you knew we had to go XFL. We're going St. Louis Battlehawks. We're given the two and a half over the San Antonio Brahmas. Now, this goes a little bit more simply than I think it should, but I'm picking quarterbacks. I like A.J. McCarron and all of his experience to handle the hoopla of week one better than Jack Cohen, who's the uh, – you recognize him from Notre Dame in Wisconsin. Uh, at one point in time, Jack Cohen dislocated his finger, ran off to the sideline, got it popped back in, and then went and threw a touchdown. Uh, but he's he's like the equivalent of a rookie, right? He's, he's fresh out of college. He's – uh, not quite as battle-tested as someone like A.J. McCarron, who has started games and actually been in the NFL for quite some time. You know, veteran, up around 30. So uh, so I trust A.J. McCarron more than Jack Cohen. So, the you know, given two and a half, that's fine. They're going to win by a field goal or, or more. St. Louis Battlehawks over the San Antonio Brahmas. Sticking with the NHL, Sidney Crosby over two and a half shots tonight against the Islanders. Sidney Crosby... He's still one of the best in the game. He is still somebody that has a high impact on the game. Three shots is just too easy and too good not to take. So Sidney Crosby over two and a half shots versus the Islanders tonight. It's it's a lot. Is this, see, I don't bet hockey props that often. Is it like soccer where the shot has to be on goal? It has to be like blocked or scored? Correct. It has to be on goal. They they don't judge intent. So it has to be on, like the goalie has to make the save. Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. Blocked is, I guess, not a goalie. Correct. Yeah, okay. so you can you can block a shot, but that, it doesn't that would count be a as a real player. shot. Gotcha, gotcha, yep. gotcha. Again, I don't I don't bet hockey props that often. Uh, here's our little PSA: Don't bet what you don't know, unless you're willing to lose that cash. Um, my last one here: the uh, the three point contest is going on. Tyler Hero is near the bottom of the odds, plus eight hundred. He is a. Uh, I would say maybe not the best player and and maybe is probably unnecessary in that sentence in in the three-point contest there's Jason Tatum there's Dame Lillard but I I like guys that seem like their their jumper was made for picking it up off a rack and knocking it down Uh, there are legends of his shooting prowess at Kentucky where you know coach Cal would say yeah we have 20 sprints and Tyler come out here however consecutive made threes you hit will be one subtracted from the sprints and then like 34 made threes in a row he's still cranking going like you owe me 15 coach um i think he's just made for a three-point contest i know he's been hurt a bit this year but that means he's been doing a lot of stationary shooting give me hero plus 800 my final pick gonna go a little english premier league on sunday and tim this is one of my favorites because these are two teams that you love give me tottenham and west ham both teams to score. Tot- Tottenham and West Ham? That's right. Give me, the, the, give me both hams. All the hams? All the hams, both teams to score on Sunday. Okay, here's the deal. We always end the uh, the, the Virginia is for cover section with what we call the touchdown parlay. We didn't put anything on Twitter, correct? Correct. We okay. did not. So uh, for this week, because A, we don't have any honey holes because there's, there's no NBA action going on outside of the All-Star game. And there's no NFL action going on. Um, and the the Twitter, I mean, what are we going to do? The All Star Game? There's really nothing to do there. Uh, Robbie will and throw. There's in, no, and there's no total available for the All Star Game. I actually did. It's like three hundred nine thousand. Uh, it was somewhere in the three hundreds. I was three fifty or something. It's something ridiculous. Um, with that being said, uh, Robbie will throw in two. I'll throw in two. We'll call it a touchdown parlay. Uh, I'll go first. Give me Team LeBron money line over Team Giannis. It's it's five and zero. Oh. It's it's it, you always bet the streak. 
My first one's going to be Tottenham and West Ham. Both teams to score. Give me the hams. Both teams to score. Hams, BTTS. Hold the mayo. I literally just wrote hams, BTTS. Perfect. Uh, And then give me the St. Louis Battlehawks over the San Antonio Brahmas. Just because I want everybody to uh, have a reason to root for someone in the XFL. Give me the Rangers over the Oilers on the money line. Again, a little plus money for you. So uh, why the heck not? Sorry, say that one again. The Rangers over the Oilers tonight at plus money. Like I said, Rangers have been the hottest team in the NHL since the beginning of the 2023 calendar year. So uh, give it to me. I might have to start diving into a little hockey gambling. I had a buddy that used to, it was all about back-to-backs. It was all about betting the, the I think it was the under on back-to-backs, and it was like a weird little little honey hole that he found. We had a good time with that one, but I think everyone caught on to it. Uh, so I might have to might have to hit him up, see if he has any new, new honey holes. Uh, Virginia is for covers, touchdown parlay. The way this works, we put real money down, you get a chance to win it all. So if we win, 100% of the earnings, the winnings, get passed along to the listener. Uh, the, the four things we need to have happen on this four-leg parlay to, uh, to win the money, Team LeBron needs to beat Team Giannis. Uh, the Hams need to have both teams to score. That's Tottenham and West Ham. Uh, St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL win by at least three over San Antonio. And the Rangers need to beat the Oilers in the NHL. If all four of those things happen, we'll have a nice little chunk of change to kick your way. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a break here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, when we come back, are the Rams trading Jalen Ramsey? Should they? And what can we learn from a, a conversation Kevin Demhoff, their chief operating officer, had with the media recently? Stick around. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Are the Rams trading Jalen Ramsey? At points in time this year, of their big four, Jalen Ramsey was the only one kind of out there, right? Like uh, Stafford hurt, Cup hurt, Aaron Donald even wasn't 100% at times. Jalen Ramsey was out there doing his best. Now, his best wasn't always the most aesthetically pleasing thing for a defensive back, but that's the one you're going to consider trading? Hmm. First of all, let's let's get to why this question's being asked. There's some rumblings about a, a trade involving Jalen Ramsey. So Kevin Demoff, their their chief operating officer, had this interaction with the media. What does he mean to your guys' program and how how much of a priority is it to keep him? Look, I think anytime you go from Super Bowl champions to a disappointing year, you know, everybody's always wondering what's next. And for us it's getting our players healthy. It's getting back to playing at the Cowboy Rod. Jalen's been a huge piece of what we've done. And I think for all of our players, it's gonna be about figuring out what's best moving forward, but when you are a team like the Rams who's had success, we have a lot of great players. People are always inquiring about our talent, and it's not just Jalen. We get calls on all of our good players all the time, and you know the next few months we'll see what direction this team goes, but could not be more grateful for Jalen for what he's done for the Rams. Now, that very obviously is not an emphatic like we're keeping him. How important is it to keep him? Well, you know, and then also in everybody, and when you're in the, it's like, okay, there's a lot of words there that don't definitively say much. I want to point this out. It is unfair to ask front office executives if they are open to trading a player because anything other than an angry, almost like scoffing at the fact that you would even ask the question no sounds like a yes. 
And and it's almost unfair to ask how important is it to keep this player because unless you go, it's the most important thing in my world, right? Uh, like uh, like Jimmy V in the Jimmy V speech. It's uh, my religion, my family, and keeping Jalen Ramsey on the the Rams. Anything less than that sounds like you're open and 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 willing to have a conversation about trading him. So it's not really fair to ask. With that being said, it had to be asked. Because there, there's enough smoke that there may be fire and it had to be asked. So, they're open to trading Jalen Ramsey. They have to be open to trading Jalen Ramsey. They need change. The Rams this year would be would be crazy to just sit back and say, yeah, that year was really fun. Let's run it back and just hope that, that Stafford stays healthy this time. It was already a mess when Stafford was healthy. They need change, and Jalen Ramsey is one of the only players they have that still has elite value. They need picks. They need cost-effective improvements, and rookie contracts are the easiest way to find them, and you need draft picks to get rookie contracts, and Jalen Ramsey can bring them in. That's, I mean, that, that should have been his most simple answer. If in a vacuum we were choosing between having Jalen Ramsey and not having Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, we would love to have Jalen Ramsey. The problem is our roster has so many things that need to be fixed and we don't have a ton of ways to fix them. We tried to trade Ben Squaronic for nine first round picks, but nobody was buying. We could trade Aaron Donald also, but... Jalen Ramsey's been playing worse. Like Aaron Donald's a generational player. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is very, very good, but not quite that. We wanted to trade Cooper Cup, but the guy's hurt, so his value's down. Like he's healthy, he's the youngest, he's still having elite ability, and we can send him somewhere else and get picks in return, which can help us solve the multitude of problems that we have. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the player. And it has everything to do with the situation. Do you think the Lions wanted to trade Matt Stafford? No, they didn't want to trade Matt Stafford. But the situation said, his window is not going to line up with our window. The situation said, the best way we can help our franchise is if we send this guy who we don't want to trade away. And because we like him, we'll work on getting him to a place where he can win. But hey, you know, that's just a fist bump on the way out. Teams trade players who would make their team better if they stayed all the time because it's it's the sum of the parts, right? You look at the whole enchilada and you have to think about which teams would be in the market for that player. There's a lot of contenders that should be in the market for Jalen Ramsey. There's a lot of teams out there that are contenders that need help in the secondary. And imagine if you put Jalen Ramsey on a team that has a, a slightly better pass rush than what the, the Rams had. Right? If some of those deep balls that he does give up, that's like really the only knock on him is he gives up these deep balls occasionally. Imagine if you have a pass rush that gets there before they can get those passes off. Now you have an, an all pro again. So I'm, I'm looking at this and saying, yeah, okay, what was he going to say there? Was Demoff going to be Demoff going to be like, oh, you know what? 
send your best offer by Tuesday. We'll make a decision. Of course he's not going to say that. But he also doesn't want to want to be the guy that's, no, we're absolutely not trading Jalen Ramsey. Until Tuesday when a good offer comes in and then they're trading Jalen Ramsey. So, so he played the fence. And any no seems like a yes. Or anything other than a no seems like a yes when, when front office executives are talking. Right? He was halfway to the Kyle Shanahan. Remember when Kyle Shanahan was asked if Jimmy G was going to be on the roster a week from now? And he said, we don't know if any of us are going to be alive a week from now. And he thought he was clever and everyone else thought he was being morbid and it was a weird joke to make and it was a little dark. Like, the Rams are trying not to do that. They're trying not to go, well, Ramsey, man, we all could be gone in a week. Is there an opportunity? Is there a spot where they trade him, maybe to where he would like to go, trying to get something in return? Is, does do you think he's kind of has that much respect within the organization? They will try to do what's best for him in terms of his future. Um, I mean, I think yes. I I, I don't think he's burned. He's burned bridges. I mean, like I said, he was the guy that was out there playing through through all of the the struggles the Rams were having. He was the guy that was like, you know, I'm going to play through these bumps and bruises and still try to be out there. Um, I think there's high value out there. I think a lot of teams would want him. I don't think they would turn down like a a wildly better offer than than others that they've gotten if it sends him to the Houston Texans. Um, but also if there's two similar offers or two teams that are, you know, close enough different but close and they're like i don't know which one to take yeah i'm sure they would love to do him a solid i mean he helped them win a super bowl like that's about as good as you can do for for a a program right if you give them the 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 super bowl ring they should try to do the best that's not to say going against the franchise it's just like if the opportunity arises for us to do you a solid we're gonna do you a solid if the opportunity doesn't arise and right like uh Let's say who would be in the market. Um, hmm. Oh, someone on the text line just said the Chargers. I don't think they would because they just spent all that money on J.C. Jackson. And, and but let's just use the Chargers because the texter said it. If it comes down to like the Chargers and the Texans, and the Texans are offering like an extra first round pick, they're not going to say, "Yeah, but we want to do solid by him and send him to a team that can win." Let's send him to the Chargers. They're going to say that extra first round pick means we don't care how upset Jalen Ramsey is as we send him to the Texans. Um, that's just, you know, you, you give them the little, uh, sorry, it's a business. You send them on your way. Thanks for the good times. Don't forget your, your, uh, your banner and your ring. Here you go. Good luck in Houston. That's about the only way it could, uh, it could settle out. Tim Donnelly show priority auto sports radio 94.1. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are still on Twitter at ESPN radio 941. Uh, but if you search for priority auto sports radio 94.1, it'll also come up there. All right. So we're, we're working on the Twitter Instagram. It's simple at priority auto sports radio 94.1. All of our social media is brought to you by dominion floor covering. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I don't know if you saw this. Roger Goodell was picked up by and almost swung around by Chris Jones of the Chiefs on the field after the Super Bowl. There was a celebration that seemed mutual. It wasn't like Goodell celebrating for Chris. It felt like they were both celebrating, and that's a weird spot to be. Roger Goodell, no sense for the moment, no sense of public perception. We talk about it coming up. 